The following is a special presentation of the voice of Montreal News Talk Radio, CJAD 800. After 75 years, there are plenty of secrets and stories to share about one of North America's legendary radio stations. This is the Mighty 800, produced and hosted by Trudy Mason. Episode 3, The Ice Storm, When the Towers Collapsed. Mother Nature ushered in the year 1998 by delivering a crushing blow to southern Quebec, eastern Ontario, and parts of the U.S. Northeast, the five-day ice storm. Wave after wave of freezing rain coated all exposed surfaces in ice inches thick. Tree branches snapped under the weight. Hydro pylons crumpled. Before it was over, more than 3 million Quebecers would be without electricity, and CJAD 800 would be without its broadcast towers. Under special For the radio station, the ice storm of 1998 was a challenge unlike any other. It put the spotlight on the often unsung engineering department. It put the newsroom to the test, and it prompted one talk show host to up and quit on a matter of principle. CJAD's director of engineering at the time, Mark Cavanaugh, recalls getting a call early on in the morning of Friday, January 9th, after four straight days of freezing rain. I got uh, called by the radio station because the transmitter was acting up quite badly Friday morning at around 2 a.m. And uh, we were listening to the late, great Mark Rene at the time, trying to keep up with, uh, with what was going on in Montreal because it was a pretty scary time. And uh, so I got dressed and headed out to the transmitter site. But before I went, I gave our caretaker at the transmitter site a call, George Rowley, and uh, asked him what he could see. And uh, the only thing he could report at that time was he could see a light on at the base of one of the uh, the towers. And we weren't supposed to have any lights on at the base of any of the towers, so I became really suspicious. CJAD's four giant broadcast towers are near St. Edouard on the South Shore. To get a closer look, Kavanaugh slipped and slid across the icy 110-acre site. We put on our boots and headed out to the uh, to the tower. Um, a trip that would usually take five, seven minutes took us almost half an hour to get out to the tower. And when I got there, my worst fears were realized uh, that I could see when we got closer that the tower had indeed fallen down. And um, when it fell, it must have turned on the light in the the uh, little building at the bottom of the tower, and that was was the light that we could see from the uh, from the transmitter building. Um, at that point, uh, as I said, my worst fears were realized, and uh, realized for sure that CJD was was headed for some deep dark problems. Within minutes, two of the remaining towers collapsed, and CJD remained on air with just one. But not too long afterward, it too succumbed to the forces of nature. This is what the station's listeners heard as newscaster Victor Narenberg read a list of school closures around 6 a.m. Villa Maria, West Island College, Weston School, Yeshiva Gadola Elementary School. Under special service, West Island readapt. 
CJAD 800 was off the air. All four of its 673-foot towers reduced to heaps of ice-encrusted metal. Engineer Mark Cavanaugh. Indeed, the towers had just literally collapsed within like a 30-meter radius of, of the tower base, uh, just with the weight of the ice that was, that was there. So at that point, Jeff and I realized that we're going to have to look for an alternative, you know, like if we wanted to keep CJD on the air. So we headed back into town, and uh, we basically had a meeting with Rob and um, um, Steve Couch uh, to try and decide, okay, where do we go to from here? General Manager Rob Braid says he was determined to get the station back on the air as soon as possible for one specific reason. The crisis was not financial as far as I was concerned. The crisis was being able to get information to Montrealers because as CJD still is today. <clears throat> Back then it was the, uh, you know, the voice of Montreal. And uh, as somebody once said, it might have been Gord Sinclair, when the lights go out, Montreal turns to CJD. The most obvious solution was to switch CJAD's programming to its FM station, Mix 96. But Canada's broadcast regulator, the CRTC, had reservations about that. And when the station made a different choice, one of its talk show hosts, quit in anger. We were able to contact the chairman of the CRTC at the time, and she happened to be in, in Hawaii, and laid out the uh, the situation that was in front of us, and she said, well, you know, you can, you can switch over, but, you know, you're probably going to have to go through some kind of a public hearing and a process in order to switch back. Uh, she said, you know, your FM station is mandated to provide a certain service, and your AM is mandated to provide a, a separate service. So we decided not to do that. Um, uh, of, of legend is Jim Duff's uh, uh, almost hysterical reaction when he found out that we weren't willing to flip it over. Jim was, uh, as uh, the audience will remember, doing midday radio uh, at CJD and a, a fine performer. Um, so anyway, he um, uh, he stormed in my office uh, at the top of his lungs and made a great show of quitting and uh, ended up at CIQC shortly thereafter. Jim Duff admits he lost his temper with management's decision at a time when both he and the station were under strain. I was living in Hudson, and uh, Louise and I had been without power for about a week, and things were becoming more and more uninhabitable, and I was trying to keep the generator going at the Hudson Gazette. Uh, so that we would continue to be able to publish. And uh, I was functioning on, well, zero sleep. I guess we all were at that time, and things were just going from bad to worse. But uh, that morning, I called Steve. I talked to Steve Couch. He says, uh, listen, come on in. We're going we're gonna to do the simulcast if we can, if that's what we agreed to. And uh, so I drove in, and uh, it took me about three hours when I got in. And I said, uh, so what's the story and how are we doing this? She says, well, we're not, you're not doing anything. I said, so I drove in from Hudson for nothing? And uh, he said, yeah, because we haven't decided when, uh, if we put the kibosh, we nixed the uh, FM 96 simulcast. So I said, well, why didn't you phone? Why didn't somebody tell me and phone me and tell me I shouldn't come in? So I lost my temper. I'm, I, you know, I've been known to do that. And I uh, argued with Couch and he said, look, the decision's final. And I said, well, no, Steve, I mean, this is ridiculous. We've got to keep a, keep the station going on the air. We have a promise of performance that's posted in the control room. And it says we do everything possible to stay on the air. We have a 
we had an obligation to our listeners. And he says, well, I can't help you there. And I said, well, in that case, I'm done. I don't, I don't want to work for a station that's not going to honor its promise of performance. And uh, so I hammered out this stupid resignation letter and handed it to him. And, uh, and at that point, uh, he took it into Rob's office and he gave it to Rob. Rob blew up and started in on me. And I said, yeah, well, and we argued and tempers flared and uh, harsh words were said that some of those things probably could have been taken back. But things were said uh, in the outside the station that uh, that uh, I guess both of us regret. And if we kept it in the family, we'd probably been able to iron it over. But at that time, it was far past that. As a temporary fix, CJAD rented a set of unused towers in La Prairie. And within 36 hours, CJAD was back on the air at the frequency of 1410. It's seven minutes after two. This is CJAD in Montreal with Mark Rennie. Thank you very much for joining us. As you've noticed, we've moved down the street, so to speak, 14. 14.10 a.m., and we would ask you, now that we are back up and running, that you let your friends and your neighbors know we'll get the word out. We have phone line 790-0991 to bring this community together. We're going to bring you up to date on all of the... A couple of problems, though. The 14.10 signal did not serve Montreal's West End and West Island very well. And with power out across the South Shore, the towers relied on a gas-powered generator. Chief Engineer Mark Cavanaugh. We basically had to find a source of gas. And again, our friend Mike Matthew uh, came through with uh, getting... Um, a supplier who basically parked the truck on the road in front of the transmitter site to keep the generator filled up. And we basically went on to 1410 with whatever signal we could get, but at least we were back on the air. But obviously we had to find a better solution. Meantime, at the station's offices on Fort Street downtown, power was also out, leaving the newsroom and office staff with no heat and only a few lights and computers hooked up to a generator. It was a very chilly time for everybody. I remember everybody wearing boots and socks and and coats around and cold fingers on word processor keyboards. It was uh, it was a challenging time for all of us. Then newsroom assistant and reporter Kelly LaParry was handed a daunting task and found out about it in an odd way. I remember driving into work one day and hearing, now I'm not even sure who it was, it may have been our boss at the time, news director Gord Sinclair, one of his newscasts, giving out my office phone number. And I remember thinking at the time, Oh my God, you know, what a, what an enormous responsibility to have all of those people who were in the dark, they were desperate, they needed help, they needed advice, and they were all going to be calling me. Kelly LaParry's phone in the CJAD newsroom rang off the hook for days on end as the station struggled to keep listeners informed. We ran a helpline, so think kind of like a classified section, even maybe like a type of a Facebook, those community boards on Facebook that run now. And that's the type of of service that we gave to our listeners. And I was juggling the phones and we were so busy that we ended up having helpers come in from Concordia University from the journalism department. And they were also answering the phones. And of course, then we had staff running in who were giving me tips or even from the call screeners who were jotting down information from our listeners. So it was just, it was an absolutely crazy time. Behind the scenes, general manager Rob Braid, program director, 
Director Steve Couch and Director of Engineering Mark Cavanaugh were hatching a new plan involving the frequency owned by a competitor. Would the Chum Group entertain the notion of lending CJAD 990 on the radio dial, the position belonging to the struggling CKGM? The answer turned out to be yes, and within a few weeks, CJAD jumped again. That was really um, pulled us out of the fire, if you know what I mean. C- uh, CKGM signal was a great signal, and uh, we could reach the listeners that we needed to reach. So it was a monumental uh, uh, feat, you know, that we got competitors basically between Standard Radio and Chum Radio to, uh, make, you know, broker that deal and, uh, you know, to get CJD on the air. Now, time to check out the daily newspapers. Here's Victor Nuremberg with First Glance on News Talk Radio, CJAD. Good morning. Welcome to Monday. It's the 26th of January, and if it's Monday, we must be at 990. News Talk Radio, CJAD 800, now broadcasting at 990 a.m., temporarily, again, until we get our own transmitting frequency back in operation at 800. Accomplishing that would take months. CJAD's four towers had to be rebuilt from the ground up. Engineer Mark Cavanaugh. I have no idea how many hours, uh, how many kilometers, how many, um, you, know, uns- uh, you know, nights I, I spent, you know, worrying about getting the, the station back on the air. And it wasn't just me. I mean, there were many people working, working on this. And, um, you know, we really, I think we pulled a miracle off getting it back on the air by, by June 15th. It, it really, you know, the, it, it was a feat. General Manager Rob Braid says after the struggle, the return to 800 on the dial was almost anticlimactic. The crisis was way, way in the rearview mirror by the time we got back on. So we were just chomping at the bit, waiting to get back to uh, where we were supposed to be. You know, our ratings didn't suffer horribly um, uh, as a result of that uh, that temporary shift uh, because people found it important enough to be informed that they they they, they searched for us and they found us and. Uh, so I, I, I don't I don't remember a certain glory moment of, you know, ceremoniously flipping a switch and, and you know, fireworks going off. It was just, you know, we worked hard to get the thing back on uh, on, 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 on an even keel, and, and, and we did, and, uh, and, and we survived the ice storm. Survived with a few bruises. Braid remembers the angry departure of talk show host Jim Duff as a low point. Well, certainly Jim Duff's quitting um, and uh, making a big fuss of it uh, 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 hurt. Um, he and I, I considered him a friend. Uh, we socialized a great deal together. And, um, uh, you know, his, you know, he went to the local media and, uh, and uh, you know, was very vocal. And I was disappointed and hurt because we were doing the best we could to, to, save, the, uh, to save the old girl. And um, uh, that, that was certainly the, the low part. It, Jim's a hugely passionate guy, as we all know, and he's a brilliant broadcaster and a wonderful kind of firebrand. And I, to be honest, I wouldn't have expected anything less from Jim. I, I, I'm still very fond of him. Um, uh, he, he was a passionate guy, still is. Does Jim Duff regret quitting his talk show gig in a fit of pique? Yes and no. I regret it. I mean, looking back at it, I regret it. But at the same time, I don't because I ended up getting back into community journalism, which I really enjoyed. I ended up doing some radio stuff that I really 
probably would not have done if I didn't see JAD, but it was all good. And I never have any regrets in what the path I follow in life, and I don't think any of us should. Newsroom assistant and reporter Kelly LaParry remembers the time of the ice storm with pride. It was probably one of my proudest moments in radio. And, you know, I always say that I admire people in the healthcare system so much because they do so much for people and it must be so rewarding. And then you sit back and you realize that there's moments in your career where you made such a big difference to people. And I think that CJD did that during the ice storm. We were there. We were like, we were a family we were their link to the community, and we gave them all the information that they needed, and, and I'm really proud of that. Chief Engineer Mark Cavanaugh says getting CJAD back at 800 on the radio dial by June 15th is a career highlight and a bit of a miracle. You know, the engineering department at a radio station is a department that's in the background. You know, like we make everything work, we keep everything functioning, uh, but you sort of... Uh, you forget about it because as long as the equipment and everybody is working, nobody thinks about it. It was only at that time, and I'm not trying to make this about, you know, my department or us, uh, but it's only at that time that you realize, oh, wait, they take care of that and they can't do anything about it, you know. So I find that the staff at the, at the radio station at, at the time, and and like I said, especially management, Steve Couch, Rob Braid, uh, they were they were great. They were completely understanding. They realized, you know, the stress that it put us under. It was a very dark time, but it was also inspiring that we were able to pull it off. For the Mighty 800, I'm Trudy Mason. For more on CJAD 800's 75th anniversary, including incredible photos and sound, go to CJAD800.com. News Talk Radio, CJAD 800. Hey.